month, Ask the Therapist is going weekly as I introduce you to my new Therapist Corner Substack community, a space for therapists to get together and discover how the business of therapy can thrive. I've got some very exciting news to share with you all, or more specifically for you therapists out there who listen to Ask the Therapist. Recently, I've been part of launching something new exclusively for therapists in private practice. It's called Therapist Corner over on Substack. It's a place where therapists can come together, share valuable information and education and support each other in setting up and building successful, sustainable private practices. Imagine Therapist Corner as your go-to spot, just like supervision is in your clinical world. Therapist Corner is for your business life. It's a place where you can take a break, grab a coffee, ask your questions and just feel less isolated in your business journey. And let me tell you, the response so far has been absolutely incredible. In just three short months, we've already welcomed hundreds of therapists into our new community and the energy around it is absolutely amazing. Now, here's the exciting part. I know many of you who listen to my podcast might be interested in joining us on Therapist Corner. So I've decided to dedicate an entire four weeks of the podcast over to Therapist Corner on Substack. We're kicking things off on the 3rd of July with an introduction episode where Sophie Wood from Pocket Sight and I will share our journey in creating Therapist Corner. Then on July 10th, I'll be sitting down with the fabulous Sarah Tasker from Me and Orla. If you don't know Sarah yet, head over to Instagram and go and have a look at her beautiful account, Me and Orla. Sarah is not only a business coach, She's also an Instagram influencer and she's also a trained business coach and a Substack expert. Together, we're going to dive into how Substack can be utilised as a platform to share valuable mental health information that's usually hidden behind the therapist door. Plus, we're going to explore how it can serve as an additional revenue stream for therapists. Then on July 17th, get ready for an exclusive behind the scenes Q&A session from Therapist Corner. You're going to get a taste of what we're all about and some of the amazing conversations that are happening within our community. Following that, I have an interview lined up with one of our founding members, Amy Rose, also known as the self-esteem therapist. Amy will share her insights on CBT for low self-esteem, a conversation you won't want to miss. Now, I understand this Substack series might not hit the spot for you all, so you can simply skip a few weeks and join us again on July 31st with Amy, the self-esteem therapist, and then I'll be back to my regular content each month. I'm incredibly excited to be able to share this series with you, and I hope you all enjoy it. If you can't wait and you'd like to know more now, head over to therapistcorner.co.uk on Substack. We'd love to see you there. Hello and welcome to Ask the Therapist, Sophie Ward. How are you? Hello, I'm fine, thank you. Hot. By the time it goes out there, it'll be freezing and snowing, but at the moment, (laughs) 30 degree heat. So this is a slightly different episode than normal because this is the start of a series that we're doing to promote Therapist Corner which is a community that we are just building and putting together for therapists either in private practice or looking to scale and build their private practice. So we have come together to build this community. It's all happened quite quickly. Those will talk about the the book I'm writing, The Therapist's Guide to Private Practice. 
building a values-based business, which will be out next year. And as part of that, I think we wanted to build a community and it was going to happen next year. But it's all happened a lot earlier because of the work I've been doing with Sarah Tasker. I mean, I should introduce you as my partner. I kind of always presume that people know we're together, but then I think sometimes they don't. We were just trying to figure out how long we've actually been together. <laughs> I said, don't put me on the spot. And that's <laughs> what like, um, oh, 20 years, we think. <laughs> we think. <laughs> I was, when we first met, I was a nurse and in the NHS, Sophie Wirt um, had a really, really brilliant job in corporate banking world, <laughs> security. And... That's kind of, that's where we were. Never did we think our worlds collided. You've always worked in IT. But do you want to tell us a little bit about you and a little bit about your career? Yeah, yeah. No. So it, it is, we never really thought about kind of working together. It just sort of happened really kind of organically over the years. And we were doing really separate separate jobs. So Sarah's very much been in, you know, you've been in the care space a long time. and I'd always been in the corporate world. I've been working in, in IT and working in banking for, for many years. I originally started out many years ago working for British Aerospace. I actually worked in the old computer rooms where they used to have kind of tape systems and things like that. Um, so going back, dating myself quite a bit. I started out there just working in um, in support and uh, working on kind of large computer systems as as well. And then really moved from there more into a full kind of technical space. I worked a lot with kind of Microsoft products, uh, working on systems integration as well. And that took quite a few a few years. I enjoyed doing that, going around doing kind of implementations and all sorts of different things. And um, from there, I kind of moved into, into project management, which I, I loved doing. I enjoyed kind of working with the different people. But I slowly started to feel a little bit frustrated by some of the um, the kind of corporate world and the the sort of restraints that you have to work within. It, it lost some of its kind of creativity for me. Um, so although I enjoyed working with uh, people, I enjoyed some of the technical aspects. I was struggling working in that that large kind of uh, corporate space, and and I think banking. Just being kind of honest, really, it finished me off, to be honest. So I, I couldn't... Really... state processes, didn't they, and performance yeah. reviews you struggled with. So if we go back to... I was in an um, an IAPT role. I trained mm. as a CBT therapist. And because you were working in the banks, you were had a brilliant salary at the time, um, you supported me going into private practice, didn't you? Yes, um, I did. yes. Very which, generous of me, I think. Very generous. <laughs> it, it came back to hit me on the bum, though. Um, <laughs> a few years later, I was the main red earner and you took a year off. So, um, <laughs> so I, you let me finish the NHS and supported me um, setting up my business. And you came at that point, you did my website for me, didn't you? That's where it first kind of started because you were you know I'd worked on it in in a corporate space but then I'd not done it kind of in small businesses and I think yours was the first time that we actually started doing that kind of website based work and branding work as well yeah. um, so I launched my first website and then I we did it for a while didn't we and then I mm. think somebody else another therapist did a website very similar to mine so you I got you to completely redo it 
for me. Yes, you were very upset about that. So I remember. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, so, we had to yeah. do it. so I needed a whole new website very quickly, which really up leveled your skills. <laughs> and um, and my website did very well for me, didn't it? And mm. especially I think the second one you did, I think I'm on about my fourth now. And people started asking me about who did you who did your website because there was yeah. just not much out there. That's, I mean, that, yeah, you started getting people kind of inquiring through that. And I was still, I suppose, doing doing those types of things sort of off the side of the desk a little bit. Mm. Um, and then it slowly, through through that, it started to become something that was, we thought, oh, maybe I can do this kind of full-time and pull away from this corporate contracting work that I was doing. That, as Sarah said, you know, it, pay, it paid really well, but it wasn't bringing me a lot of kind of satisfaction. So we just started building up that kind of website. Oh, my business kind of took off. I got busier and busier. We saved mm. a year's salary in the bank, didn't we, for you? Mm -hmm. And you went and became a graphic designer. I did. I went off. I did, uh, I did some more studying kind of in the website space. And then I went off and did a nine-month course on kind of graphic design, which was really intense but a absolutely a fantastic course, which I'd highly recommend for anybody else to kind of do. It was done through um, a company called Shillington College, and uh, it was really good. Um, you really got to know the ins and outs of doing graphic design, and it stretched me a lot, but I absolutely loved doing it. And everything I learned in that course, I've been able to bring to bear on, on the day-to-day -day work that I do now. It's in everything that I do now, a lot of the disciplines from it, a lot of the structure behind it, a lot of the creativity, etc. Yeah, it was, and I'd never, I'd never dreamed. I don't think of really being able to do that. I'd always been interested in graphic design, and then, as you say, your business kind of took off, and it just, just gave us this opportunity to really do something, do something different. I always thought I'd be stuck in banking, and that, that was it. Yeah, but you were, you were a I student, was, not I working. was rescued. Yes. <laughs> So that happened for a while, didn't it? And then, unfortunately, then you were you set up the the website design business, but your dad got ill, and yep. you know yeah. we were in that position where you know we just focused on your dad, didn't we? For about I think it was about yeah. a year. It was it was a, a kind of rough period of time. So yeah, over a year or so, we we had to sort of change things. I was struggling to really being able to focus on on running my own business and providing the you know the care that I needed to provide and um, not only kind of the physical stuff but just the mental headspace for it more than anything else so so yeah that that set us back quite quite a bit I think also because we couldn't focus on your business I was I was working you were with your dad you decided mm. to take a part-time role which I think you were looking for anyway to do um to work with the bigger agencies so you now you work with OSF, don't you, which is a mm. huge corporate company. So you do that part time and then part time you do therapist yeah. websites. Work, which works know. really well. Yeah. 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 See, I get to do all the stuff I love kind of privately, you know, when I can kind of fit it in. But then I also get to do work with kind of large, larger businesses as well on kind of their e-commerce sites, which is really fascinating stuff as well. So um, yes, yeah, so the two work work really well together. Yeah, tell us about Pocket Site because that. Yeah, so Pocket Site is a um, it's it's effectively it's a website builder that's designed specifically for for therapists. 
Um, so everything about it is all in that kind of appealing to the the kind of healthcare kind of market, but also about building websites that are going to be easy for therapists to build and also are going to appeal to their kind of client uh, client base as, as well. So that took that took about six to nine months to get off the ground to actually develop that solution and, and build it out. And what was and, your motivation for doing that? Well, really, it was just about being able to service more therapists than I was able to do through building kind of individual sites. Because with an individual site, website, you've got a lot of working parts for it. And it's expensive. And the demands of kind of the clients I was getting, I just couldn't actually work with everybody kind of in individually building single sites. So Pocket Site allows me to service far more therapists than I could ever done kind of without it. And yeah, I, I love doing that as it well. It allows therapists to have a website that's quite cost effective. That was my understanding of it as well. Yes. But, yeah. You know, yeah. If they get a bespoke website from you, it's quite expensive, but pocket sites are cost effective. Yeah. So most therapists aren't looking for a website that's got loads of functionality on it. They They just want a website that's going to appeal to their particular clients and is going to have a contact form on it, is going to have kind of clear calls to action of, you know, contact me here, get in touch here, read more here. So that the functionality that a therapist needs off the ground is quite is quite simple. Um, and you don't need huge amounts of technology to get that going. And PocketSite can deliver that really, as you say, cost effectively. Um, I mean, we're running at around, it's £30, £30 a month at the moment to, to have a pocket site. Um, I can design it for you. You can design it yourself. No, no problem at all. But I can design it for you. So there's a, a fee of five fifty to do that. Whereas if I was doing individual sites, then you know you've got upwards of one and a half thousand to do those individual sites. So from a purely a cost-effective point of view, then Pocket Site works really well for those therapists that are just just starting starting out. Um, but equally, if you want to move on from it as well, there's a clear migration path from it as well um, to other kind of WordPress solutions as well. So you're not trapped into that one one solution if you business. For the last few years, we've kind of I've been doing a bit more coaching with therapists and private practice because I get asked for that quite a bit. You've been doing pocket site, mm. and I was I did have, build a community on Facebook for therapists in private practice, which kind of lost its way and became a bit of a demon really that um, took up an awful lot of time and you don't get paid for it and I suppose one of the reasons for setting up the Facebook page was to kind of support therapists in building private practice working mainly with self-referring clients and if they were going to work with referral companies around getting a fairer deal and that I think the referral companies ended up coming into the Facebook kind of group and um and it I suppose because it's free it was I don't know it just lost its way it just for me it, like it's still going I think it serves an absolutely brilliant purpose in terms of supporting people and giving people that sense of community but it wasn't sustainable for me you wanted to focus on more on the business aspects as well yes, I think absolutely. rather than 
looking at the kind of some of the clinical side of things. It was all about, you know, you've got therapists that are starting out and it's how you support them and, and coach them to grow their business and, and get and get the client base that they need so that they can, you know, they can make a, a good living out of it, a decent living out of it as well. We spent about a year or so doing weekly um, emails to our people on their email list for Pocket Site. So mm-hmm. you can sign up to be on the email list through Pocket Site. And you were getting weekly emails and that we were writing those emails, putting a lot of effort into them. People really enjoying them. We're getting great feedback, but they're just going into the abyss a little bit, weren't they? Yeah. And then I, we got the book deal. You're writing the chapter on um, data protection because GDPR, lots of people think that that's really my thing. But actually, you're the brains behind all the products we have around GDPR. Yeah. And you've done a section on branding and the website chapter as well, haven't you? And I'm all about SEO as well. So, um, yeah, so that's been really interesting doing that piece of work. As We've well. got that. And I suppose doing that book made us start to think about maybe we need a membership and doing another community. But this time it really has to work for us. Mm. And just a couple of months ago, I follow Sarah Tasker, who is an Instagram influencer. She's got over, I think, about 300,000 followers on Instagram. And I've been part of her Insta retreat for years. And that's the platform that helped me learn about Instagram. And I found her community really interesting. And I got an email to say, we were talking about a membership, weren't we? And we were thinking about yeah. platform. Yeah, I mean, we were we were thinking about how do we serve more more people because a lot of the stuff, a lot of the questions that we get asked from therapists are the same. It's the same questions, yeah. and it you know we do do the you know the products that help in some of that space. So we do the GDPR products, but we also do the you know getting started checklist etc. through Pocket Sites, and we offer you know some of those products that can help in that space. But again, we were still just getting the same the same kind of questions and we were thinking about a membership site but then we were being held back because you know you're working on the book I'm doing some of the book and we've got our day jobs to do Mm. and setting up a membership site brings a lot of its own kind of headaches technically and and also from a cost point of view as well and I think that was I think it was more me, to be honest. I think it was putting me off because I knew there was a lot of legwork. Well, on the technical side, I can create the content and a lot of the content we had in the emails, but you would be, the, you're the techie person, aren't you? So you'd yeah. be. Filled. And that whole process of onboarding people to a membership site from the encouraging people to sign up, what they get when they first sign up, making sure that they've got enough content once they get into the membership you know, it all takes an awful lot of planning out and thinking ahead of time. And I, I just simply felt that with, you know, with the um, whatever way we looked at it, we were like, there, there would be a community element. And the only thing we could think of was a Facebook group until I got an email from mm-hmm. Sarah Tasker, because I'm on her email list that said, I am shifting my business and it's going on to Substack and you can join and never heard of Substack. And I looked into it and I was like, oh, my God, this has come at absolutely the right time. So Substack, how it's different from other social media platforms is that there's no algorithm and there's not going to be an algorithm as well. So if you put good content out there, other people recommend it and read it and share it. And that's how you'll grow your platform. 
And also we could transfer our email list over to it. Mm -hmm. Substack will grow our email list for us. We will continue to put out emails, but there's an option to be paid for work that we've been doing anyway for a long time. So for the price of a couple of coffees a month, £8 a month, you can get access to um, a weekly blog post, which was used to be the weekly email, but also it provides a platform where we can do Q&A sessions, which we're for the paid subscribers, we're doing two half hour quick fire Q&A sessions. Mm-hmm. We can put videos on there, podcasts, all sorts of things in one space. So you have the community element, you have the emails, and also they're not going to bring in paid advertising either. So Substack make the money, they take 10% of whatever you earn rather than trying to get to um, kind of to get people to create content to sell to advertisers so they sell space to advertisers like Instagram and Facebook there's more and more adverts coming on that so it's a more ethical platform in a way is that I think, it's, I think we were struggling to think about the right place for a community and we looked at all the other options that are out there and, the, and there is a number of options outside of Facebook or Facebook groups um, but they all seem to have quite a steep kind of learning curve with them and you know, various kind of pros and cons of each, plus a cost that goes with it as well. And I I mean, I was a bit sceptical when you first, I'd never heard of Substack. I was a bit sceptical of kind of using it. And I started to have a look at it. And the more I started to use it, I thought this is this is a, a really good platform for pushing out. You thought, Sarah, you are totally right. Sarah, <laughs> well, I don't think I went that far. But steady. <laughs> but I, I wasn't. I wasn't a great fan. I was. Uh, I mean, I listened to. Um, I think uh, Sarah Tasker talking about it as well, and did some more kind of research on it, and it just it just made sense for what we were trying to do, and it was. For me, the great thing was the setup was so minimal on it to get going. So as well. easy and straightforward. But the more we've looked into it, the more we can see how we can put really great content out there. People can get free content, just the emails that they've always had, and they can get that for free. Or mm-hmm. if they want to, a bit more information and a bit more time with us, they can get that really cheaply. Mm-hmm. And then they, there's the founding member option, which I think we're starting it off at three nine seven for a year where people then get all of what we've just discussed but they also get um they're spending an hour with me and you where we go really go through their business give them a lot more intensive support and they they do an hour's power hour don't they group coaching call with us so there's that element to it and I think it it started to because one of the things I'd I'd really been keen on doing is starting to do kind of courses as well so I think with Substack, we found a platform where we can start not doing a, you know, a full on course, but we can start to do kind of um, you know, some video that goes through various things. You know, those kind of pain points that we know all therapists have. And we can say, OK, well, here's a video that just kind of goes through it. And like it's what in- is SEO is going to probably yeah. be one of the first yeah. ones. What is SEO? How how you can do it? And yeah. people need to know, like we've been talking to therapists, um, that that's one of the areas where therapists generally get ripped off amazingly 
phenomenal. Mm. I buy lots of agencies. They end up paying hundreds of pounds each month for SEO. But if just an hour's training with you, they can understand it that bit better so they, they don't get ripped off. Yeah, yeah. And it's just yeah. having that, you know, sometimes you just need to have that bit of knowledge yourself. You know, it doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to do all of that SEO work yourself and become a, an SEO specialist. What it means is you can have a level of understanding that if you wanted to do that, you could start to invest the time to do a little bit more on the SEO side yourself. But equally, if you're going to go to an agency about it, you've got some knowledge when you're talking to that agency. So you can protect yourself a little bit more as well, because there are, you know, there's lots of kind of snake oil out there around SEO and it's not it isn't a complicated subject. Um, in fact, it's becoming over time, it's becoming less complicated because of the maturity of the way um, Google is able to understand content on, on websites. So the, even the nature of SEO is starting to change over time as well. So on, on the platform, we've got a podcast where we, we've just put <laughs> the Q&As on there. We have done videos. We're doing therapist spotlights with our paid subscribers um, because it, it gives us a platform to elevate people's businesses. So therapists that are looking to take their business to the next level and want that visibility, which is so hard to get, they can, they're coming on as the therapist to share their expertise and knowledge, which the general public is going to get, um, be able to hear, which is fantastic. But we've done therapist spotlights with people we've put those videos on youtube and substack and that's where i interview a therapist for 30 minutes about how they set up in private practice and and ask those nosy questions of is it financially sustainable and what have you been the struggles and successes i think that's the most interesting thing it's kind of that that journey that therapists have taken to get to that to that point and you know, from the people that we've met just since we've shortly been doing Therapist Corner, you know, as people have had some amazing journeys. And there's very often, you know, there's, there's reasons why they've chosen the path that they've chosen as well. Yeah. And I think that's interesting as much as, you know, how they run the business as well, because everybody runs the business kind of differently. And sometimes sharing some of that, you can really pick up kind of tips as to, oh, so-and-so does it this way, he's using this tool, that could save me so much time. When I was starting out, I if I could have heard that people's struggles and challenges, and it would have given me a lot more confidence because I was so uncertain, had so much nerves about, will it work out? Will I get referrals? And, you you know, mm -hmm. to hear those stories, I think is really powerful. But also mm -hmm. like this week, we, for our paid subscribers, we've got them to put their websites in a post so there's like a twitter function and there's um in in terms of a thread so people we can post a comment like this week we've put share your website and sophie's going to pick three or four and she's going to give them some tips on how they can improve the website so that's and then everybody can learn from those tips that sophie put out there rather than us doing it one-to-one -one, we yeah. can do it one-to-many and have a bigger impact and people can get access to us for eight pounds a month which you know is just so cheap and cost effective isn't it really Which i just find it's the rewarding bit being able to get to more more people because i think therapists do you know I, I i talk to therapists it's like oh well i'm i'm no good kind of technically i don't understand things technically and i think that sometimes holds therapists back from really actually pursuing that kind of private practice because they they see this huge blocker of of you know the technical side of it and um, I think we're hoping through Therapist Corner that we can knock down some of those barriers and just 
simplify a lot of those things for people so that they, you know, therapists have the confidence to to launch a private practice. Because a lot that we speak to are, I'm still, I've still got one foot in the NHS. I'm still doing some of my NHS work. Or working with referral agencies. Yeah. Yeah. So although we've come from completely different backgrounds and never did we think our worlds collide and you know we we still we've we've employed a a moderator (laughs) (laughs) it's not all plain sailing listeners we've got claire she's on um instagram she's got um a company called grow with moxie and she is a technical kind of ba which for me i've worked with a number of um virtual assistants and and while they've been great i think to have somebody who can work technically she understands substack and she understands websites and it's just so she's gonna be doing kind of we've got one document haven't we and we put our to-dos in that and she's running with it. And so that kind of is 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 going to help us <laughs> manage. Yeah, I think it's um, even been a journey, hasn't it? That kind of VA side of things, because I've always been, you know, oh, we can do it ourselves. And sometimes you just you just can't do it all yourself. You can, but it's exhausting. It is, and yes. you'd like to go on yeah. holiday at times. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and stay married. Yes. <laughs> And all those things. So, yeah, so I think this is going to be a really big help. But the more we think about Substack, I can just see how, because we thought actually we'd be wanting to attract founding members and we've got a few founding members and I'm really enjoying intensively working with a few small businesses the people that have joined us as founding members are hugely motivated to make big changes and take their business to the next level or really kind of they are so determined to set up in private practice they're Mm -hmm. they want that intensive support but I actually think it's the kind of monthly pay subscribers where it's going to become financially a lot more rewarding for us which I didn't think would be where my eye was but as we do this, I'm thinking therapists can add this as an amazing revenue stream to their private practice and in that way help people who can't afford therapy because the way therapy is evolving on mental health services, we need to provide lots of choice, don't we? Lots of people are not ready to come to therapy. I think that is a big step. And sometimes, you know, there's still 12-month waiting lists in the NHS People want something while they're on those waiting lists. They might not be able to afford private therapy, but an, a platform like Substack might help therapists provide their expertise and knowledge in a way that's really affordable. Mm. Eight pounds a month for people. They could then come on group calls or, you know, ask you questions in the comments. You can share your blog posts. You know, I've been putting out blog posts for years and, and it's not financially and I think that especially for small, th- anything you do, if you're just, you know, you're self-employed, you think, OK, I'm doing this. Where is it bringing me in some money? And you can clearly see that with your client work. But when you're doing your blog posts, it's like I'm spending a lot of time here. But how is this really? You know, I want to do it. I want to help people. But I've also got to, you know, to put it simply, you have to put food on the table. And mm. I think with um, Substack, it allows you potentially that mechanism to make all that effort that you put into blog posts to make it earn you some money, but also to service your your customers as well to allow them to have more of an affordable way of accessing your you know your considerable skills and and expertise in something as well so yeah I think it's a a real opportunity 
I'll just do the maths quickly. I, I'm using my calculator. So yeah, eight, this has come out. Yeah. <laughs> eight pounds times that by 50 is a revenue of 400 pounds a month. So if you can get 50 people paying you eight pounds a month, that's 400. And I think you could, I mean, we're putting out two posts a week. We're doing three Q&As a month. The value people are getting I enjoy those Q&As. They're lovely to do as well. I really enjoy doing those Q&A spots. Yeah. And we've set this up. You know, I'm um, a founder member with Sarah Tasker and, you know, and I'm paying a couple of people £8 a month and they are helping us set this up. You know, it's just it just feels like amazing value. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting because ultimately it was it's kind of like a blogging platform. That's what it is, isn't it? And it mm -hmm. gives you the option to email out to your email list, which is held within Substack. But you own the email list. So if you decide in five years time, Substack's, you know, there's a new platform on town, you can transfer your email list and, you know, there's. Mm. email lists are very valuable but a lot of journalists are leaving mainstream newspapers magazines and coming on and writing on substack you know Farah Stora who we've we've watched one of her interviews she's from Cosmopolitan she's earning a lot of people are earning a full-time living on substack now it's and nobody knows about it so <laughs> you start early you're an early adopter and it's you know but it is, it's a way to monetize. It gives, I think it gives journalists and authors a creative freedom that mm -hmm. they perhaps can't get through normal kind of publishing houses, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And it also gives them an opportunity, gives them creative freedom and ability to monetize as well, which yeah. they've never had before. And, and anybody who, I think we're just, we're just discovering anybody who writes a book knows, you know, you're not going to become a millionaire through writing, writing books. There just isn't that much. And um, you don't get that much back from it unless you're, a, you know, obviously a J.K. Rowling. She does um, okay. She does okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a penny or two. <laughs> I suppose this brings us on to kind of, you know, where we go from here. And very excitingly, we've got, um, I think, next week, I'm going to be interviewing Sarah Tasco. Her background is as a speech and language therapist, so she worked in the NHS. So while you think she doesn't have much connection with therapists, she probably does know quite a lot about our landscape. And um, she became a mum and her health declined and she started Instagram and then that absolutely grew and grew and grew to over 300,000 followers and lots of sponsorship deals. She set up the Insta Retreat, which is a, a course for um, people wanting to learn Instagram. And now she's moving over to Substack and she has got a course on the way, but she's going to come on the podcast on Ask the Therapist to talk about what Substack is, because she is now the expert in Substack and how therapists can add Substack to their business model and potentially be able to help much, you know, many more people out there getting really important mental health information and support out there in a really kind of cost effective way for people whilst earning an income for themselves you know because I, I do think that you know lots of care is and undervalued but you know and we do need to make a, a living with 
lots of therapists are women and they are supporting families and and then there's that dirty word about kind of profit isn't there on some i know i know struggle with that but you do you know it's about valuing what you know what you do the skill set that you've got the training that's gone into it etc over over many years and you have a right to to have a living out out of that and i also think there's so much that goes on in the therapy room that is really you know especially for cbt we do a lot of psychoeducation there's a lot of information that would be really useful if it was out there in the general domain mm-hmm. and every single therapist has their own unique way of getting that information across that's valuable to people so i might explain something in one way and and a a bunch of people get it and somebody else explains it in a different way and another bunch of people get it we need choice over how we consume information Mm. so she's going to come on and do the podcast and explain that which I'm very excited about I'm looking forward to that as well (laughs) yeah and then for paid subscribers of Therapist Corner, she's going to come in and do a private Q&A where you can, we can really drill down. And I think she'll be answering because I know lots of therapists are on Instagram. I'm sure she'll be open to answering some questions about Instagram and how you manage that as well. So that's going to be for paid subscribers on Therapist Corner. And then we're going to release a hour-long Q&A that we did um, with some people that joined us for one of our coaching sessions which I can't wait to release that. It was um, a really kind of fun um, Q&A hour. And then we have a podcast episode where I'm interviewing Amy Rose Wellbeing, who is on Instagram as the self-esteem therapist. She has really done lots of transformation within her business and she's niched down. She's in the process of doing a new website and branding. So that'll be all ready to go. And you'll get to meet Amy and she'll kind of talk to us about self-esteem and how she works with clients. Thank you for coming on the podcast. It's a pleasure. Yes, you made it. (laughs) I've been doing this podcast for four years now. It's had 80,000 downloads. We are, I've had a meeting with Emily and Sue this morning. We really want to hit a million mark. So I feel like you absolutely should listen to a few of the episodes. I think they're rather good. (laughs) I listen to you enough at home. Why would I do that? (laughs) Right, before it goes downhill, on that note, thank you very much for joining us. And thank you everybody for listening and supporting us and we look forward to seeing you in therapist corner hopefully or if you want to find out more about sophie and what she does she is nowhere to be found on social media at all yeah it's pocket site so um you've got pocket site which is the website builder for therapists but there's there's actually loads of resources on there there's some free downloads you've got a free seo download guide Mm. you've got a free branding guide the thing that people everybody loves is the fee calculator so if you don't know what to charge or you want to make sure that you are charging a sustainable fee per hour for your clients you can use the fee calculator people really love that what else have you got you've got we've got the free um getting started in private practice checklist as well yeah free branding guide on there as well yeah so um you can go and have a look around she also does if somebody thinks that pocket site might be right for them or they want you to do a bespoke website you do a 30 minute free consultation don't you but yeah do- i'll have a, have a chat with people and talk it through and just just explain how pocket site works 
And, it, you know, it depends where people are in the kind of business journey as to whether pocket site is going to be the right solution or something more. But we'd, more I'd always recommend that, you know, that people talk to about three website designers because it's it's a long-term relationship, like your accountant is, you know, and there's these core people that you work with in your business and you need to really get on with them. They need to... You need to feel like you can work with the person, don't you? And that you can phone Sophie up if it's Sophie and she'll be able to help you and support you and get a good feel with them. So even if you think Pocket Sites for you, do, you know, reach out to a few people. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Ask the Therapist. I'll be discussing all you've heard in this episode and more over in the Therapist Corner community on Substack. To join me there, just click on the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care of your mental well-being as you continue on the path to becoming the best version of yourself.